Dear Father, we go therefore in your name. We praise your name. We thank you, God, for what you have done for us. And Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, and all that he has done to make us whole and alive. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Today's title is House Calls. And uh, you maybe know what a house call is, but this is one of four that I'm doing a little series about miracles around the sea. If you remember, the first one was I'm in the same boat where Jesus came from the west side of the sea near Capernaum and traveled over to the east side of the sea, and there was this storm, and he stilled the storm. But he was on the way to do something when that happened on that east side of the Sea of Galilee, which we went to off the chain where the man Legion was diseased and possessed. And so Jesus didn't let that storm, and I'm in the same boat, stop him from going where he was going to the Gardeans to heal Legion off the chain. And now he comes back across the sea to make a house call. We start in Mark, let's start in Mark uh, 5. Let's start in verse 21. Mark 5, verse 21. Now, when Jesus had crossed over again by the boat to the other side, understand that he was coming from the east side back to the west side to Capernaum. And uh, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. This is the sea of Galilee. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. A synagogue was a place that was local. Now the temple is in Jerusalem, but the synagogue was at in each location in each town, and the synagogue and the rulers of the synagogue appointed rulers that took care of the school and the scrolls, that took care of the daily life. So they came to the synagogue and not the temple. And at the synagogue, uh, it was also, not only were there rulers there, not only one ruler, Jairus was one of the rulers, but there were other rulers there, and they were aligned with the Pharisees, with the law, with the official stance of the 600-plus rules that the Pharisees made up to make sure that you lived a holy life. And Jairus was one of those rulers. And it says when he came he saw Jesus, and he fell at his feet. I want you to know that Jairus had seen Jesus there before, before he went across. And he had been in this area on the northern side of the Sea of Galilee around Capernaum, doing many miracles, healing many people. He had been around for a lot, and they knew who he was, especially Jairus who knew who he was, because the Pharisees were saying, stay away from this Jairus. He's not the He's not the one you want to be around, or, J or stay around, uh, away from this Jesus. And so Jairus knew. And they were on the side that was the Jewish side. The other side of the lake was mostly the Gentile side. So they were all dialed in on who Jesus was. And it says in verse 22, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. I want you to know that this is at great risk to Jairus because he's there knowing that he's a ruler of the synagogue and knowing that Jesus is aligned with the way. He is the way. 
And Jairus fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come, lay your hands on her that she may be healed, and she'll live. And so Jesus went with him. You see, Jesus was going to make a house call. You remember what house calls are. Back in the day, a doctor, usually a male, would take this black satchel that had the stethoscope and all the stuff in it, and uh, he would go to the house, and he would knock on the door, and someone there who was sick, he would, he would take care of them. He would make a house call. And as you know, with managed plans, HMOs, PPOs, and quick care centers, house calls have gone to the wayside. But Jesus still makes house calls. Even today, he makes house calls. And uh, so Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed. And they thronged him. You've seen someone in a crowd. Like when you see the political operatives moving now, they've got this entourage around them. and The crowd will follow them. Back in the day, you would see Muhammad Ali and Don King come in Madison Square Gardens. And everybody would throng around them. I used to love to watch it. If you watched the Kentucky Derby yesterday on TV, you saw throngs of people. And someone famous would walk through and everyone would throng around them. Or like a president who's protected. And people throng around them. The crowd was thronging around. They were gathering around. They wanted to see another miracle. They had already seen quite a few. And they wanted to see another miracle. And listen what happens. This is just what happens in life. When you have a need and you call and you need a house call, when you need help, look what happens often in life. And it's so funny that Mark put this next story, which we'll cover next week, a woman's touch. He put this story right in the middle of Jesus doing something. I mean, it is typical of life when we want something. Somebody gets in front of us. They cut in line. Don't let it happen if my wife's in line. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be a part of that. But, but listen what happened. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from the physicians. She had spent all she had and was no better, but she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him. You see, she's cutting in line. Jesus is on the way with Jairus. And can you imagine Jairus saying, come on, Jesus. You're coming with me. Come on. Don't worry about her. She's all right. I came to you first. My daughter's dead. She's alive. Come on. It's like when you're waiting for the ambulance. Like, where is it? You can hear the siren. But I want to see the lights. You can see the lights. But pull over out of his way. Get out of the way. I need him over here. Come, 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 come. And this woman, she came right behind him. She's going to interrupt what Jesus is doing. And in fact, she does. 
Jesus tarries with her to take care of her concern. Can you imagine Jairus saying, I just left my house. My daughter's sick. She, she's going to die. Verse 35. And while he, Jesus, was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house. Now, many of you have probably experienced this. Someone comes up. They've been where there's hurt and pain. And they know something you don't know. It hits you like a brick. What they're about to say, you can't fathom. It's the phone call you pick up and you say, this is the, I need to speak to Mr. And you know, your heart just drops. You're numb. It's news that no one wants. It's news that I didn't want when the doctor came out with his face shield down. All I had to do was look at him. He didn't have to say a word. Knowing they're alone. Just like many of you in here with a husband or a wife, a child, it's what you don't want to hear. Through my life, I've had to deliver that message many times. It's never easy. Verse 35, while he was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Your daughter is dead. I'm sure that Jairus thought, God, if he, if he had just come, why did you let this woman do this? Why did you do it? Don't you sometimes get mad with God because he doesn't do something just when we want it done? I'm sure that the sisters of Lazarus thought the same thing. Why did you tarry? Why did you stay? Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? You see, you can see things that are real. You can perceive them. But failure's never final when the Father's in the room. When the Lord makes a house call, things change. Don't bother the teacher any further. It's over. It's done with. She's dead. You might as well just turn around, leave him alone. You need to come on to the house and take care of your wife and all the mourners there. Just forget it. It's too late. It's not going to work. Should have come sooner. Where were you? You can see the disappointment. You can feel the guilt, the shame, the fear. Don't bother the teacher any further. Just leave him alone. It's hopeless. And as soon as Jesus heard the words that were spoken, which they spoke it out in front of the crowd, 
You could hear the crowd. Oh, she's dead. She already died. He didn't get there all the time. Didn't work. It says in Scripture that he turned to the ruler of the synagogue, Jairus, and he said, don't be afraid. Just believe. He, he didn't announce it to the crowd. He, he turned to him. See, Jairus came to him, and he came back. Don't be afraid. Just believe. Just believe. You, you got to keep on believing. Don't stop believing. Don't worry about what they're saying. You, you're with me. You came to me. I, I've done this before. Just don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Only believe. And then he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. The child has died is the news. I want you to know that Scripture talks about death. And it compares it to sleep. Jesus said the child is not dead, but asleep. Listen to what 1 Thessalonians 7. I'm sorry, 1 Thessalonians 4. Verse 14, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring him those who sleep in Jesus Christ. For this way we say to you by the word of the Lord, we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. You see, he's comparing death and sleep. You know, when you go to bed at night, in your dream, where do you go? I mean, you can be somewhere far away in your dream. It's amazing. Maybe you even fly. Yeah. And then you wake up. Darn it. And you're back home. Where do you go? So Jesus is comparing. See, they're like first cousins, sleep and death. For the Lord himself would descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ, those asleep, will rise first. And then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we will always be with the Lord. Look, she's only asleep. Don't be afraid. Keep believing. Keep believing. Keep believing. Well, here's what the crowd did. He permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. That's in verse 37 of Mark 5. And then he came to the house. He came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult. A tumult, and those who wept and wailed, li wailed loudly. These folks were hired to wail and mourn. But certainly, and it's a Jewish way, it showed respect. And if you had no one there that was showing a crying and a commotion, it was like you were being dishonored. And certainly Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue, well known in the community, 
I'm sure they turned out. And they were there, wailing loudly. And when Jesus came in, he said to, said to them, why make this commotion and weep? This child is not dead, but sleeping. And at verse 40, it says, and they laughed. The King James says they ridiculed him. You see, when you believe in God, you may be mocked for your beliefs. You may be mocked for your stance. People may make fun of you, laugh at you, ridicule you for your belief in the Lord. Especially when you're wanting God to do something in your life, and you know he's been working on it. And you may say to somebody, man, you can't believe it. I haven't done X, or I quit doing Y, or I don't even like to be Z. And they say, <laughs> yeah, right. You see, a changed life is stronger than a word. You may get laughed at. You may get mocked for your beliefs. That happens. Verse 40, and they ridiculed him. But when he had put them all outside, he put them all out. Look, here's one other thing. You may have to get away from unbelief. You may have to separate yourself from those that don't believe. If you hang around people that constantly don't believe and that put you down for your beliefs, do you think that's going to lift you up? Do you think you're going to lift all of them up? No, you keep on going. You keep on going. You stay the course. You keep going and don't stop. Despite what they say about you, you were always a failure. You, you never could master that. You never could get past that. Yeah, you can. You absolutely can. You may have to get away from unbelief. And here's what Jesus said. He said, he put them all out. And he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him. And they entered where the child was laying. He went in with the child. He made a house call. The failure is never final when the father's in the room. I want you to know he crossed that threshold. Can't you imagine, Jairus? He told him, keep believing. Keep believing. Keep believing. Just believe. Just believe. Just believe. Keep believing. The Lord Jesus Christ walks in the room with the mother and the father and those three disciples that came with him. He's the author of hope. He took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and he entered where the child was laying. And he took her by the hand and said, little girl, I say to you, arise, get up. The same way Jesus is saying to us today, when we face defeat, when we face failure, when we have doubts and unbelief, when we can't probably get it right, and so we may feel defeated or discouraged, I want you to know that Jesus makes house calls. He wants to get into your house 
He wants to be a part of what you are in that isn't working. And he wants to take you by the hand and say, get up, get up, get up, get up. You can do it. I am here for you, he says. He says this. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. Jesus is waiting to make a house call with every one of us all the time. And when he took the child by the hand, he said to her, little girl, arise. And immediately, she didn't have to shake it off. She didn't have to fight off the fever. She didn't have to take a Z-pack, and in a few days, you'll feel better. Immediately, she stood up. I've got to tell you that when you come to the Lord, if you've got something you need, he wants you to stand up immediately. He wants you to get ready immediately. There's a fight ahead. And immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age. And they were overcome with great amazement. But he commanded them strictly that no one should know it, and that it should be something should be given to her to eat. You see, they didn't want the healing of the child to be the thing. They wanted her life when she walked out of that house and everyone knew she was dead. They wanted her to be seen by them, a testimony to belief. And Jesus was compassion. He fed her. Look, Jesus still makes house calls. He still wants to come into our house, and he wants to abide with us as we abide with him. He wants an abode. He wants to tabernacle with us. Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Dear God, I thank you today that you make house calls. Father, help us to Know that all we need to do is believe. Just believe. As you speak to us, just believe. Father, as doubt and fear come into our minds, we speak a dissipation of that. As we focus on you and as we believe. Father, help us to know when we have to put those that don't believe out. Help us, Father, to understand that we're going to be challenged by our faith. But love is breaking through. Love is breaking through. Yeah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We believe in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. We're going to have a song. We're going to close with this on Mother's Day. <laughs>